Welcome back to the Terminator Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, and with me, as always, is Kevin. Hello, everybody. And our producer, Colt, is still laying around here somewhere, so maybe we'll drag him here in a minute. But we thought um, we would do a bit of an update episode and kind of tell you what's coming down the line on our string episodes that uh, we've been recording in this uh, winter months as we've been locked in from COVID and the harsh South Texas winter, you know, snow here, Kevin. Just say welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've been, we've been working on things <laughs> as we've been frozen into our homes from this harsh South Texas winter. It snowed like <laughs> a quarter of an inch. So and I'm not sure how, how y'all live in this, but anyway, yeah, it's pretty interesting that you can't survive a quarter inch of snow. Hey, you, if you want to experience it, come down here and see how many trucks are in the ditch. I have. I've experienced your area. Not in the snow time, but. Yeah. Or just a mild rainstorm. You know? It's yeah. Just, we don't, precipitation's the real problem. It's not necessarily if it's frozen or liquid. But um, So welcome back, everybody. Uh, we've had a little bit of a delay, um, a bit of a pause. We've been recording some episodes. And, um, of course, you know, just with everything in the, in the winter months, things get a little sidetracked. So now we're back on track and we're going to have us a nice update episode of what is in the come. So, uh, Kevin, do you want to, uh, kind of update the folks on what's been going on in Kansas? In these few yeah. Few you know, I was just thinking it's, we, we should call this the year of zoom. <laughs> this year has zoomed by. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of, a lot of remote meetings. Um, been kind of weird, been kind of weird, you know, even us at CropQuest, you know, we had to cancel our big meetings, and so been been difficult, I guess, because you haven't been able to be around everybody and network um, and do that. We're finding some ways to do that and other ways to um, meet in smaller groups, but um, for us out here, it's been, it's been really dry. Um, I don't know, so... Our wheat got planted probably a little bit earlier than we normally would. Um, some of that was due to um, fear in the sense that last year we didn't have enough moisture to get things going. So we had a moisture, we went, we had lush growth or dense wheat, and then we didn't get any moisture. So we, we lost some tillers, thinned some stuff out, um, then we finally got some snow right before, um, I think it was Thanksgiving or right after Thanksgiving that helped, but we haven't seen an ounce of moisture since. Um, since Thanksgiving, y'all haven't had any time. Yeah. Of well, I mean, okay. a little bit, not, not anything amountable. The Eastern or central part of the state has been getting a fair amount of moisture. Um, but it's still very dry. I know that in Colorado, even in the mountains, it's super icy. Um, they're getting dumped on, uh, have been getting dumped on as of late, but this is it's been pretty icy and low snowpack for them as well. So um, gonna we don't it's gonna be some uh, some challenging situations. I think we were doing some pre water checking since it's been nice because um, we like to fill our profiles up and it's pretty dismal in places where we've stretched water or shut it off early. So we'll have to see what happens. So nothing, 
else, I guess, mainly everything's pretty dormant. Not much going on out in the country, more than just fertilizing and preparing for the year to come. So not like you guys. Our year is here. We, yeah. This is the first week of February, and we have corn in the ground already. That's crazy. Which we're, which we're, we're honestly a couple weeks early. Really? But yeah, but we're we're so typically Valentine's Day is our start date, um, but the dry weather is also causing that. So um, we've been exceptionally dry for the really since October. And we had immense amounts of rain the fall of 2018, and since then we really haven't had. Um, we've had much. Drought been the same as you know. You go further north. I know our guys. Uh, south of Guyman and that stretch has been really dry as well. Are you guys as dry as they are, I guess? You know what I mean? Like, well, so our annual rainfall is like 22 inches or so. And in 2020, we've got, um, I think we got 10 inches. Welcome to our world, Ethan. Welcome. And we got six of those in two days in December. Oh, Wow. Like that's the problem with us is not always and not everywhere got that. It's been very sporadic on what so some areas are much worse even than Yeah. Maybe they've got six inches. But um whenever we get rain, like we, it's not like we just get a nice one inch soaker of a rain, you know, like it's kind of feast or famine. Yeah. You know, which is makes things difficult. You eventually if it, within a forty eight hour period you can get so much that you don't get any more good at it. For sure. For sure. You know? And we, the when we do get rain, it's been in those kind of situations. Um, but so how does that mean, you know, with irrigated corn while we're planting earlier, um, basically uh, we're, we're trying to stretch our water um, yeah. and uh, we're going to, and that area is a peanut growing area where, you know, in sandier areas where the uh, corn has started. Um, we haven't started in our blackland areas. There, that well, that may be a month away. Okay. Uh, but um, so in the sandier areas, the one the water is in 90, 90 plus degrees, so we can warm that root zone up if we need to, um, to some extent. If it's cold, like yesterday, it was ninety degrees here, but we're also going to freeze next week. So. Well, that is interesting, though. I mean, you might as well tell the listeners. Like, when was the last time you saw? a skip of snow or, you know, a snow in your part of the world? We had some snow um, on um, New Year's Eve. This year. Um, this year. But not, I mean, most of that was just to the north of our area that we work in. Um, a lot, the bulk of our acres didn't even freeze that event. Okay. Yeah. Um so, and that was the first time we've had snow since 2017. Wow. So it doesn't, it doesn't get, it doesn't snow much at all here. Um, our soil temps are already close to 60. They're approaching like between 55 and 60 already. Do you guys have any other crops uh, growing or outside of, you haven't even planted your wheat yet, have you? Your no, we, our wheat's been in the ground. Um, we usually start spring wheat right after Christmas and that'll run until middle of January. Okay. So I have wheat that hasn't tillered yet. It's that. You know, okay. Okay. So yeah. uh, canola, their canola is kind of is starting to get, get some traction down here. Um, cabbage is pretty well done with. 
Um, most of that's going to be cotton ground now. Um, they're in the process. They've kind of got the last harvest of cabbage off, and they're getting that ready for for cotton. Um, I don't know if you've ever smelt a cabbage field that is dissed up, but it smells ex- just as terrible as you could imagine. I bet it's rotten. It's not pleasant. Um, so uh, anyway, um, but when it comes to corn and peanuts, we're, we're pushing our plant dates up so we can share some wells and those peanuts and the, the, the corn won't be at peak water use at the same time. That's the big thing. For sure. Because sure. usually, so peanuts, you water them up. And then for 30 to 40 days, you don't water them at all. Yeah. I mean, you almost don't die. Uh, so, but once you turn on, turn back on from that, you've, you're committed. And it, for it's sure. heavy water. So what we're trying to do is, is push, is try to get the corn to finish out within those first 30 days of the, of the, uh, of peanut, of the peanuts life. That way we don't have to, uh, dedicate as much well capacity to those corn crops. You know, we have the capacity, but you know, it's just kind of a fail safe. Okay. It's good. Well, break down stuff. Yeah, like that. for sure. For sure. So, so then you're just, well, and then, 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 you know, you just don't, you don't want to run the well full capacity from February 4th to, you know, September. Depends on where you're at. <laughs> so, you you would in theory like to try to plan where it could take a couple of days off, but yeah. But. Has um has crop prices you think affected where you think you're going to be um, you know in in this 2021 season? Uh, I think so. So a lot of our guys have some old crop in storage, and they're getting some pretty good prices for it. So yeah. Um, for once we're seeing some guys that have planted cotton cotton has been the, the, the more profitable uh, crop for us. And they have done co- continuous cotton for probably some guys up to seven years. So they are wanting a reason to plant some corn. Gotcha. So that, so gotcha. some of those fields are going back to corn, which is good. Um, our, our typical corn growers are allowing us a little bit more of a budget to go after some weeds, which is needed. For sure. For sure. Um, so that, that's also dry. There's just more corn products. There's yeah. more tools in, in the, in the, the tool belt for weeds on corn. Yeah. So you're, you're seeing a motivation now to go back to corn so we can kind of clean some of these fields up and fight some of these herbicide issues we're having. So, yeah, and honestly, say, too, Milo, my or, you know, oh, grain yeah, store, sure. grain store is making a run. Yeah, and you know, you know how dove hunting is in South Texas. <laughs> they, they, they don't need a reason to plant more Milo, but if they have a reason, it's gonna go up. So. <laughs> oh, that's so. a great point. I, I think that out here, obviously, the corn price is gonna help. It's gonna help the attitude, the mood. You know, um, coming off of 2020, because it was challenging challenging year um oh big time but you know i think that there's going to be um milo planted but uh in our part of the world out here it's going to still depend on what what we get from now to planting if we can get some rains and some moisture i mean obviously some guys are going to gamble because the price is there but uh we'll see yeah we'll see as dry as dry as we are definitely not going to be stretching water uh, like we have in the past. So, um, 
I don't, it, like I said, it, it, I think that we, we will see about the same amount of corn, maybe more mild than last year. Uh, but a lot of our dryland acres, it just depends on where we sit, think. Um, we, you know, if we get a, a lot of rain between now and June, there could be a lot of milo going in. So. Yeah. Well, the trend that's kind of, we don't have much dryland here. I mean, it literally just doesn't exist, but um, I don't know if this is good or bad, but we're seeing some abandonment of dryland of just, we're not going to mess with it. Well, it's risky. Of just, we've it's got the water and the pivot. Let's just pour a little, like, you know, throw a few extra shekels under the pivot and, yeah. and try to push our money that way. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of that is too. Last year, some guys had some, de- we had just enough rains and just enough subsoil to get one more dryland corn crop out. And it ain't, they can't even really work the ground. So, yeah, for sure. So it's just like, sure. you know, maybe we'll throw some Milo out for some birds, you know, but we're not going to commit much to it. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. You know. Um, but, and then, you know, our, our sesame continues to build back. Sesame used to be a big player here, you know, six, seven years ago. It's coming back pretty good. And that, that's a double crop, a second irrigated crop for us. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming behind, uh, they've went behind corn, they went behind wheat. Um, it kind of fills that gap uh, where, you know, most of your peanuts are behind wheat in the sand where it's it kind of plays that uh it's that puzzle piece for your blackland guys um the double crop behind some wheat make the wheat a little more profitable but although sesame has just like anything once it's in south texas long enough the bugs find it the bugs migrate from yeah other areas to start getting disease you know it's not new anymore so um if there's a bug or a disease usually we'll get it eventually so sesame's becoming not as low maintenance as it was seven years ago. Yeah, it's just the fast reality of, you know, Mother Nature. <laughs> oh yeah, life finds a way. Yeah, life think, always finds a way. You think overall, your cotton acres um, down there are going to be like about normal or below normal, or I think it'll be pretty close to normal. Yeah, um, you're going to see those fields that have. Um, that have been in cotton five plus years, probably switch over. Um, but if it's been in for two or three, cotton price is still, is still stronger than corn price. You know, it's interesting though. Like so, we in Southwest Kansas have had pretty harsh early start to a fall, I guess that is equivalent to not very good quality cotton and had trouble killing it because of temperatures, you know, defoliating and stuff. And I, I, our acres will probably be down. Yeah. They'll probably be down, especially if the corn price, the way it is, I mean, we're more well-equipped to, you know, to do the corn thing than cotton, so. I don't know. Y'all got some some good investment in the infrastructure. We do. You, going, you know, there's some really big gins going in in Kansas. Well, there, there I mean, there will be cotton. I'm just saying we're, you know, we're on the fringe here. Yeah. And, and, you know, a swing in a swing in temperature is huge. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll even have, 
you know, our later planted cotton, we'll even, we'll completely change our defoliation program mm -hmm. from start to finish just because of a 15 degree temperature, you know, average temperature swing. So yeah, cotton yeah. is finicky. It's not. Yeah. But, um, so what do you, uh, our, I mentioned we have corn in the ground, you know, yesterday we were 90 degrees. So typically our temperature pattern down here is it within 10 days of the first 90 degree day in February, you're going to freeze again. Really? Yes. It happens every year. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. So yesterday, you know, 90 degrees, you know, all the customers were sending pictures of thermometers and, you know, us guys were, uh, we're sending them back and forth and, and it's like, oh, well, in 10 days, we're going to get a frost. It's usually not a killing freeze, um, but, yeah. And then as soon as that happens, we're good. I mean, gotcha. you're going to see corn planters go full bore. Right now, somebody has to plant to uh, encourage the, you know, the, the thermometer to go up and uh, for the freeze to happen. But uh, once we get that next little frost, it's going to be full bore on corn. Um and then that'll just roll into, you know, there's probably a week or two gap until cotton. And then after that, a week or two gap until peanuts. Just crazy craziness. But it it's start, normal. it's normal. Yeah, it started yesterday and doesn't end until Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Your outlook's really good. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. I mean, that's just how it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I enjoy it. I would be bored to death if I just checked corn, soybeans, and wheat. Like, yeah, well, once we get about uh, three quarters of the way into a crop, I'm, I'm tired of this one. I need to <laughs> ADD. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, can we go ahead and get the combine out and, or the cotton picker and get rid of this one and plant something else? <laughs> I need a fresh set of problems to work with. Right, right. You know? So sure. it's fun. Oh, I lie. It's, it's real enjoyable. But um, so hopefully, you know, um, the problem we're foreseeing now is we're seeing guys, you know, they're starting to open up the, the corn herbicide playbook a little bit more um, experiment with stuff that you would find stock standard, you know, like last year we introduced group 27 chemistries down here and you would have thought that they were just, they had came from Mars. Like what is this group 27? Right. Oh my, you know, so, um, and because of how early we've planted, I hope we are not having any issues with this cold weather and some of these new chemistries that we're less familiar with. Mm. Um, but you know, I mean, that's the problem we'll see a lot with corn herbicides is we get such drastic temperature swings from 90 degrees to 35 and then back to 90. Sometimes those, those, even the group 15 will make things a little funky. They'll, yeah, uh, for sure. You for know, sure. they just, that when the, when that corn, is metabolizing at such a high rate and then it just slams shut, mm -hmm. you know, even though it's not supposed to injure the crop, you know, it's metabolic rate changes dramatically with our, our temperatures and you'll see some weird stuff happen. So yeah, for sure. Hopefully we do not find ourselves in a pickle, but you know, well, it's mother nature. It'd be the challenge for the year, right? I don't know. It's just the first one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, um, so you mentioned a little bit about, um, earlier wheat planting dates in Kansas. Are, are y'all going to you know, foresee some hash and fly issues out of that? No, because we typically don't like, we were late enough that I think that we don't have that to worry about. And since I've been out here, we, 
I don't know if I've ever seen any damage or any Hessian fly here. If you think you have it, you have it. Yeah. It's terrifying. When you find it, it's terrifying. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see anything. Um, you know, I know that some of our Texas guys have had some winter grain mites and stuff like that flare, but that's pretty normal for them. But out here, we haven't really had much for insect pressure or anything yet. So, and we haven't been that cold to, you know, you're talking about your temperatures and stuff and we, we've had brief bouts where we got cold, but typically, or it's been a fairly mild winter. We haven't been really, I mean, we still have horse flies and flies <laughs> flying around, which is, you know, usually you don't find them. So yeah. there's still, I don't know. I don't think we've had a, we've been cold, but not cold enough to just kill everything. So we've had some, uh, we haven't had to treat for this, but we've had cucumber beetles in our triticale and our uh, our wheat. Really? So a cucumber beetle, what would you call it? I think that's, that's what, what I call it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Or you can it's call also it southern corn rootworm beetle. Yeah. That, okay. That was I was I was blanking here, but I knew it was a corn rootworm beetle. But yeah, uh, yep, we really don't. We have them every year. We just don't have crops that are sensitive to them. You know, our, our cucumbers and melons, they can become a problem, but mm -hmm. with corn, I, we can't, we can't grow corn on corn because we've get our disease pressure is terrible. Oh, for sure. For you sure. know, now it, it, the, so it, the, the rootworms, I hate to say this, but the rootworms are kind of an afterthought when it comes yeah. to corn yeah. because the disease is so bad. For sure. mean, even if you put field corn behind sweet corn, you're going to have not as bad as double, you know, as two years of uh, field corn. But uh, you'll you'll still have issues if you put uh, field corn into sweet corn trash. But you have the environment for it. I mean, you have the humid, hot weather. So yeah, yeah. So um, that's why I was kind of blanking on the other name for it because we always call them cucumber beetles. Yep. They, that's what we actually have. <laughs> for sure. So imagine that, you know. For sure. Um, but so. Um, also here, you know, the, the produce market is shifting a little bit. Um, you're starting to see some crops kind of get phased out and our emphasis on new ones, but typical vegetable world. Um, it's pretty volatile, you know, from what I gather, you know what I mean? It just kind of yeah. depends on, on what you feel or the, is good for you, your farm to get into the correct market. So and those if so much, you know, uh, millennials aren't buying canned produce. They're buying frozen and not really buying fresh produce either. They're buying um, frozen produce. Now, do you think that's part of this whole pandemic situation? Or no, that was happening the last few years. Um, there was there, the canneries had started to have issues, um, probably since twenty seventeen. So, um, I think the cans. Act, I mean, the pandemic probably saved some canneries. Mm. I don't know. That's just crazy. I'd prefer, I'd prefer vegetables out of a can over frozen personally, but <laughs> well, not, I mean, I guess I'm a texture person, you know, and it starts being a little rubbery. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, and, and growing up on the coast, you know, those cans don't need uh, electric energy to uh, be able to stay good, you know? So uh, no doubt. Yeah. So you need some know, power, whether it's a hurricane or a, 
We had quite What's the run on freezers, Ethan. So <laughs> yeah, freezers out there. We, there's, I don't. I mean, I haven't looked at freezers. Um, I, I haven't, you know, just pondered that thought. Early on in the pandemic, they were kind of running low. But I don't know if that's. I don't know if anything's recovered from the pandemic. Well, how do you how do you recover when the swings are so great, like toilet paper? Right. We had a a run on toilet paper like we've never seen before, and then there's all this. Uh, weird brands come out that I've never even heard of, you know, that they're, they, they were here in the U S for months. And then finally we get back to now I can buy Charmin, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I have to buy the two ply stuff. I'm back to my four ply. <laughs> yeah. And so this was podcast is going down a rabbit hole, but I'll keep going down deeper. So something interesting I've been noticing on other podcasts is sponsorships for bidet attachments to your toilet. Really? Yes. That makes sense, I, I, so it's like we're we're so low on toilet paper that like people are like these attachments you can bolt on your toilet to make a bidet. You know, we had a, a gentleman in our our division that had a unfortunate accident a while ago, <laughs> and it was pre-COVID. He uh, fell out of a deer stand and broke both arms. And legitimately, that was the first thing he thought of: is you know what? If my wife has to take care of this, we're just going to go this route and get a bidet, right? Yeah. Couldn't get one. Really could not get one because of all the, the COVID stuff and like yeah. people were already <laughs> thinking, well, if I can't buy toilet paper, might as well just <laughs> use water. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, how, how do you think the pandemic has affected commodities and, and fertilizer prices and stuff like that? Well, so we had a meeting with a company yesterday and I and 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 they brought it up about supply and delivery, as far as like being able to deliver our chemicals, deliver this. Um, I know for a while, eleven fifty two o was hard to get. You couldn't hardly get it out here, um, and you were getting subpar quality product. You know, it was a different color. Um, I don't, you know, so it was sourced a little different. So I, I don't know. I, I think that we may, you know. Last year, most everything was already in the warehouse, I would assume, you know, and so shipping wasn't going to be an issue. But this year, and it's probably going to be a selling point, right? I mean, these manufacturers are going to want to be like, you, we need commitment. <laughs> but I, yeah. I think that we may see some weird things happen um, because so, of that. Well, this, so from our... Uh, you know, as we're in corn planting now, things are different. You need to be prepared. Seed is ext- was extremely late coming in. I mean, like we got the seed came to the warehouse the day before we planted, which is I, not normal. I do know that a few guys that I've heard the seed delivery has been on time for here. Yeah, but, but I mean, we still have months. You know, whereas you're 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 in a time critical crunch. Well, and also, too, our growers honestly don't know what they're going to do a lot of times. Yeah. So they don't order as early. Y'all, you probably order your corn seed November. before. Yeah. Yeah. Way before our guys do. Yeah. And we plant two months before you. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's part of the problem. But uh, I think what I've experienced from, from all the chemical guys, um, they can get anything this year. It just may not be on the normal time schedule you're used to. For sure. So, 
Yep. I know I, I've encouraged a lot of my growers just to go ahead and take delivery of, mm -hmm. of stuff you're going to be using in the next month. Go ahead and take delivery of it for sure. You know, sure. this is, we'll stick to our stock standards and you know, we're going to have to make a bit of a commitment, but just, you know, uh, yeah. it's almost a courtesy out for the distributors and, and the, the chemical companies just so they give them plenty of time to make sure that uh, things are coming in. But I think we're, you know, I'm hoping production levels get back to normal this year so we don't have a problem next year. I might even argue that we may have a worse problem next year. I think we are. Because you think about it, like we were okay last year and they probably had a little bit of carryover in my mind. And then you have probably half production. You know, they're probably running 24 seven, but only have half the people. So you're still, you know, not running full speed. Well, that'll get us through this year, but if, if things don't change, well, and even in the automotive industry or firearms or um, anything like that, they're all fighting the same thing. Yeah. And, and you can't tell me that our business is going to be any different, and we may, we may see some of that next year. It may be more pertinent to prepay and do stuff next year than it is this year. And, and, you know, I'm wondering if we're not going to see a run on – not really seed, but chemicals like we did with toilet paper. Yeah. I, I hope know. we don't because that could be a big problem. I have no I have no clue if we are. I'm just – And I don't know <laughs> – trying to be politically correct here. <laughs> but I, I don't know – I don't know if our producers are going to be as volatile. Uh, yes, we buy things – for certain reasons, but I don't think that they're just going to go out and buy a whole bunch of Roundup just to have it sitting in the shop. You know well, what I mean? Like, exactly. You know, number you, one, that that's way too much investment to do that when money's already tight. We can't like we can't justify making that decision. So I think that maybe the economy or your your pocketbook's going to take some of that. Um, there's a word I'm looking for, but the the volatility or the um, it'll kind of stabilize out of that. it. That's you yeah. know. When you think about it too, just to compare, you know, ag chemicals to toilet paper, the sheer number of people who buy toilet paper is 100% of people. <laughs> For sure. For sure. There are. So when it's you know, from a number and that item is a significantly less financial burden upon the household. <laughs> There's sure. a lot less farmers than there are just people. Yep. So, yep. you know, it, it's a, it's a smaller market to get drunk. I mean, it's a probably, it's a much more, from a number side, it's much more, but um, maybe this the nature of the market will kind of protect itself some. And who knows? Maybe, you know, the, these different chemical factories aren't just in the U.S. too. Um, I think most of them are not. Well, I guess the point was that you may see more sourcing from other areas to make, to make ends meet. And, and yeah. may, so may, maybe that'll solve it. I, I don't know. I, don't I have noticed, I've started looking at dates on chemical jugs. I haven't seen one that has 2020 on it yet. Hmm. I guess I don't see enough jugs, you know, personally. Yeah. Everything has had 2019 on it, which is fine. 2019 is, I mean, two as years. long as it's stored correctly, you know, yeah. yeah. you can have product that's a month old and it's stored improperly. It's, it's going to be worse than something that's 12 years old. Yeah. So that, that doesn't matter, but I've yet to see a jug that's in 2020 on it. Huh. I'll have to pay attention as we get rolling. 
Yeah, which you know, may and I don't normally pay attention, so it might be normal. It might be normal to flush out that last bit of stock. I think it's very normal, personally. Yeah. You know, uh, as long as it's in a heated shop, you know, heated. But, oh, oh, oh. Well, around here, you know, not oh. like they're going to ship all this stuff south, so yeah. it doesn't. Why, why, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why do we need to boil around? This, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, so, our, yeah, our, I think that. We could see some implications. We'll just see. Thankfully that we've had, um, you know, China buy a bunch of corn and turn crop prices around because there is a demand. Yeah. Um, I had heard too that uh, the the pig herd, I guess you would say, the hog, the number of hogs in China has rebounded from there. Well, that's good. I mean, you don't want really to hear, fast. Yeah, you don't want to hear a country. Um, like they they were in dire straits for a bit. Well, and that that was kind of what tanked the Milo price. Is yeah, the, the there was not a there weren't pigs to eat the Milo. So so now that the the herd of uh, of swine is back to normal, uh, <laughs> so is the uh, purchasing of Milo. Yep. Yep. So so um so anyway so we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Um, we've been doing some uh, some recording this winter, um, not just you know eating Christmas cookies and doing soil sampling. So uh, we we have uh, a few in the kind of in the pipeline. We're gonna have some some folks on talking about soil health, uh, potassium. Some uh, some episodes on the uh, oh, oh what the uh, what am I trying to say here the nutrient requirement of new varieties there's some evidence to show that that has changed that new varieties are actually more efficient than they were 20 years ago so we've got some interesting stuff coming y'all's way um we we kind of thought we'd bring this about because there's been a lot of been a lot of talk and thought in redefining the way that we um approach fertility truthfully you know whether it's looking at ratios whether it's like changing how we think or see on, you know, how much nitrogen we apply. And we thought would would be a good opportunity to um, find some experts and see what we could glean from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and um, the soil health is going to come with soil fertility. That's kind of become a buzzword in the last year, a uh, couple of years or so. So we wanted to have on some folks from, um, from academia to really give a, a better perspective than just a couple of crop consultants that have our own views on it. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to expand a little bit, do some different stuff than we've done in the past, you know, not just talk about the nuts and bolts of agronomy, but get some, some different stuff re-energized a little bit. So, um, I think that's probably gonna, you're probably gonna see that as a theme throughout 2021 is a, a lot of fertility based things, mm -hmm. you know, that, as that's become more popular, we wanted to have a little bit more focus on that, a little more efforts on that and just see where, see where that takes us, you know? So, but well with that, Kevin, do we have, do we have any more updates we want to throw at the folks? No, I think that's a good start and we'll just uh, start this uh, year off and, We'll just see where it leads with our podcast material. 
So we'll stay tuned. Colt, do we have the, the social so people can follow us? If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, uh, email us at media at cropquest.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at CropQuest Inc. All right. Well, with that, uh, thanks for joining us. And until next time, we'll see, see you then. Our business is knowing the business of growing. We take pride in your success, being better than the rest. CropQuest.